0: Warning! This is the most important podcast of our lifetime. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what is Happatarian? So, what is what is Hapa? So, when you put together Happatarians, what what is that?
1: You know the thing.
0: They're here. To, <laughs> they're here to awkward it up for you guys. Which is a very interesting and beautiful mix of humanity. Anyone has a podcast? You're an extremist. Shut up! All right, let's let's get to it. <laughs> Hey, what's happening and welcome to the Appetarian Show, the number one podcast that says they are the number one podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and in the comments, tell us how much you love the Hapa State. Our guest today is someone who is living the American dream of quitting his full-time day job to become a full-time podcaster. It's the host of Who Are These Podcasts and the co-host of Who Are These Socials and The Creep Off. It's Carl Hamburger. How are you doing, sir?
1: I am doing very well, Shane. Thanks so much for having me today.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on and taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to talk with me and and our audience. Um, so I guess just kind of dive right in. Um, you know, talk about the because you have three podcasts. Uh, yeah. You're, I guess, you can consider yourself a, a prolific podcaster because you have more than one podcast. Um, but kind of just talk about what started, how to, how you started with, uh, who are these podcasts and, uh, the creep off. And then I know who are these socials is the most recent one. Yeah.
1: So, uh, who are these podcasts
0: started up because
1: my buddy, Kevin, who was my co-host on the show when we originally started it, him and I played in a band together and it's an instrumental rock band. We don't talk on stage, but we have these announcements between songs. So the ice stuff's announcer and he did the, the voiceover for that. So we'd get together before all the shows and write jokes because it, it's a comedy band. So we'd write jokes and, and record these announcements and then play them at the show. And in that time, we were both trying to write jokes for the shows and we trying to make each other laugh. And it was a good time. Well, he quit the band and then moved all the way to Seattle and then to Portland. I'm in Rochester, New York. So he's the other side of the world as far as I was concerned, but we would still record these jokes together we'd get on uh, like a Skype or something and and get together and try to make each other laugh and record jokes well kevin was uh, also a stand up at the time and uh he was thinking this is back in 2015 late 2015 early 2016 he's like he's like we should uh maybe do a podcast together so i said love it let's do that you know i'm a huge uh radio nerd he was too big fans of Opie and anthony and the howard stern show and stuff like that so uh i decided my favorite segment on Opie and anthony was jock this segment they would do where they would uh, pick apart other morning radio shows and goof on them. they play clips and, and goof on them. So I said, what if we did that, but for podcasts instead? You know, who are these podcasts? Was born and uh, Kevin and I would come on uh, every week, every Saturday, we'd get together, record these shows. It was just my hobby. You know, I, I, I play in bands. Like I said, I was doing the, the podcast. It was just one of my hobbies and uh, I had a lot of fun with it.
0: So what about uh, the creep-off that you co-host with Vinny? How did that whole thing start?
1: That was all Vinny. So Vinny's been doing podcasting and things long before I ever did. Uh, He's a comedian. He's a stand-up. And actually, he had a show on a local UHF channel here back when that was a thing. And I used to go and guest on his show. And he's been doing podcasting from his house for over a decade, like he was doing it long before most people were. And I would guest on his show from time to time. And so um, when, who are these podcasts started picking up uh, steam? Like I had him on the show every now and again, but his whole thing is he loves talking about true crime and really creepy true crime stuff. That's his thing. So he called me up one day and he goes, Carl, I got an idea for a show. And he, he laid out everything that is the creep off. Uh, We both had to bring creeps in a certain category. We compete against each other. Someone will win every week based on audience vote. Uh, After you win a certain number of times, the other person has to spin a wheel of consequences. We'll do a scum parade. We'll do other news stories that are happening in the world of creeps. And all this stuff sounded great to me. And I was like, all right, well, that that sounds fun. I'll do that. So uh, I signed on. was about three years ago. I signed on with him and we started doing uh, the creep up. But it's funny because. Were you ever a fan of the biggest problem in the universe with Dick Masterson and Maddox?
0: Uh, I, I can't say I was no.
1: Okay. So I learned about them from doing who are these podcasts. I went to reach out. And they said, you got to check out this show. It's, it's really a great show. And it is, or it was, it's a different show now, but because, um, because Dick and Maddox had a falling out, but um, they had this show that was also a contest. Where they would try to bring in what they thought was the biggest problem in the universe. People would vote online and then they'd come back and tell you how the voting went. And it was funny because when Vinny came to me with this idea, he wasn't a fan of that show and I was. And I'm like, dude, this is kind of like the biggest problem, which I'm a huge fan of. I love the audience interaction angle. I love the competition, the, the hosts who are working with each other, but also competing against each other at the same time. It's kind of fun. So it all just made sense to me. And so that's why we started doing uh, the creep off, which we do every. Monday at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Creep Off YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, I know. I used to do you also do uh, who are these socials with Blind Mike, which is that's one that I, I, I every time it goes on live, I try and catch it and, and watch it. So it's always a good time with that. And thank um, you. That's on it. Um, I'll just say real quick. Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: We do who are these socials? My buddy Blind Mike and I go on the Who Are These podcasts YouTube channel live. We also put it out as a podcast if you can't check it out live or you can watch it whenever. But anyway, the point is that um, we just look at uh, TikTok videos and Reddit threads and Twitter and uh, just make fun of people. It's fun.
0: So that kind of branches off to something that I wanted to get a little more of a deep dive on you is I know you've mentioned a few times on your podcast that you consider yourself a libertarian or, or libertarian leaning. Uh, you you can say and on who are these socials one of the people that you guys have uh, consistently talked about is this guy i guess his youtube channel is delete lawsy or something like that how you pronounce it or whatever yeah and he's just some guy uh, i'm going to try and describe him as best i can is some guy who he's one of those guys that believes all cops are bastards or all cops are bad or or whatever he thinks any traffic
1: stop Will likely end in the driver being murdered by the police officer. I mean, yeah. he, it's so ridiculous, it's so over the top ridiculous. You're like, all right, buddy, relax. <laughs> I know that there's militarization of our police and there's some issues there, right. but you're you're overplaying your hand here with this.
0: Yeah, he, he's making people that are anarchists who completely hate the cops go. You know, I think the cops have a point here. I think maybe you should stop doing what you're doing.
1: 100, right? <laughs> I, I immediately take the police officer's side when this guy gets involved in, in a situation i'm like you're just being an asshole shut up
0: (laughs) um so yeah i guess kind of with on that note um like how did you get to become a a libertarian or kind of get interested in that in that uh, whole political realm you know it's funny when i was younger i was definitely very liberal considered
1: myself a democrat as i think all young people do and I'm still, you know, as, as far as like, let everybody do whatever the fuck they want. I still feel that way. I'm very socially liberal. I don't care what anybody does. Uh, as long as it doesn't affect other people, obviously I'm not a religious guy or anything like that. And, um, and then I kind of got conservative for a while and I was kind of big on, you know, when, uh, George W came in and after nine 11 and it's like, yeah, let's, let's go to Afghanistan. Let's go to Iraq. I was on board with all of that. I feel stupid Mm. now because I've now become so anti-war. And I think that's really my main platform. I don't know what libertarian means because it means a lot of things to a lot of people. I know that I don't like big government. I know I don't like a lot of laws. I know I don't like a lot of taxes, but I hate war. I hate what this country represents is the fact that we're just like fucking with people all the time. And it's just, you know, we're printing money to do it and taxing people like you and me, and I don't agree with any of it. So that's why I'd, I'd like us to, uh, you know, be more focused on like us. I, if if Texas became its own country, I'd probably move there.
0: Oh, so you're a big supporter of the Texit movement.
1: I was, yeah. I I had conversations during the, the pandemic lockdown, which was brutal. I, I was not a fan of that. My wife is self-employed. She's a hairstylist. Hmm. And our wonderful governor at the time, Andrew Cuomo, shut down her business. She was not allowed to work, which is, um, I mean, anti-Constitution, obviously. Right. But I remember having conversations with her because she was losing her mind. And I'm like, oh, should we just move to Texas? Do you want to just move to like anywhere where there's like freedom still exists? Because that would be cool. Um, but anyway, I, I'm actually, um, we just bought a house in Florida. So oh, <laughs> that's oh. another place where, where they like freedom. So yeah. that'd be a good thing to do. Wow.
0: You're, you're, you're following the wave of everyone moving to Florida.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, uh, so it's a second house and uh, we're still going to live up here in New York, but I like the idea that if shit goes down again, cause it will, cause that yeah. was a test to see people go along with it. And most people did. So as soon as they try to shut down society again, I'm getting on a I don't care if I have to ride a horse or whatever I have to do <laughs> to get down to my house in Florida and experience freedom. Hopefully that's still going on down there at that time.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you keep up with a lot of the libertarian politics or or any of that on Twitter, especially because I've seen some libertarians who, you know, they were they were fine with the lockdowns. Oh, yeah. Get your shot. You know,
1: wear a mask. It's really? fine. That,
0: yeah. What? Yeah. I don't yeah. keep up
1: with anything libertarian. I'm, I've actually the older I get, the less political I am. And the more I'm just like, don't want to deal with it at all. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say and what's going on, but I don't even know how you could be libertarian and think that the government could tell you how to live your life. That's insane. That's the opposite. I think.
0: Right. I, I mean, you would think, yeah, but okay. I think it was, I mean, you know, I don't want to like mischaracterize them or whatever, but I mean, who gives a shit. Right. But like, they were basically saying, "Well, if you get your vaccine it's it, it's good for everybody, and it'll help I don't know it was, it was kind of just the same thing as what the like the liberals and all of them were saying, "Yeah, get your shot, get your booster, just keep on doing it. And then are just people now who are still saying, "Yeah, get your shot, get your booster." you're just like, yeah. like, what are we doing like what <laughs> and and like Donald Trump, when he was president he he had a lot to do with it. I mean he yep. was the one that brought in Fauci and so you know now he's trying to run again and maybe he's trying to have hopefully nobody remembers that I did I mean and Ron DeSantis too he had some like he locked down his state for a while but then he was like oh yeah this isn't working out so let me let me not do this anymore so he kind of yep. course corrected and realized that he was wrong um which is I mean that's rare nowadays for politicians to be like, "Oh yeah, I would I messed up here. Let me let me try and write this wrong." And it's Well, there I mean, was there was uh,
1: mass hysteria going on and, and it's hard to wrap your mind around what was happening at that time where you couldn't turn on cable news without the death counter going right, down on yeah. one side and the cases on the other side and showing the states and the different colors and everyone's dying and this is all so crazy. Now, I didn't fall for any of that because I don't watch cable news. And I I remember distinctly being out somewhere when we were finally allowed to go and sit at a bar and and have lunch. And I don't watch CNN. They had CNN on and I I was just looking up at it. There's no sound, but I'm looking up and I'm like, Oh, no wonder everyone's losing their fucking minds. Mm -hmm. You could do this for car accidents or cancer or anything that you wanted to do. If you wanted everyone to be like, Oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. If you have a counter going, it's just like climbing. And I mean, they should do it for the, debt but we don't have to get into that but yeah i, I mean i i understand why most of the governors and and I'm not, I'm not a trump defender by any means but trump was getting hammered to the point where it's like well you better start shutting shit down or else you're the worst president ever and i think that he kind of like fell into that like oh all right everyone's saying i should i guess i guess i gotta go along with this thing and and fauci oh don't even get me started on that yeah, asshole.
0: yeah. um well, another aspect too about it is that flu cases just completely disappeared. Yeah, where that's, that's it, weird, right? Yeah, it was just oh yeah, we had flu in 2020 or 2019 or whatever, and then 2020, 2021, and, and all that's like oh, flu just completely disappeared. Oh, where'd it go? I don't know. Uh, somewhere over here. I don't know. No, COVID's here now. That's the new flu. Oh wait, you can't say that. Sorry. Whoops. You can't I hope it's new.
1: Flu. I asked my friend Dr. Steve about that because he is a practicing physician. Mm -hmm. And I, and I asked him like, what is going on? How did the flu just go away? And Steve's a smart guy. And he's like, no, Carl, I mean, we, we, we test our patients and literally we went from, you know, whatever percentage it was or whatever number it was to zero. And I was like blown away by that. And people say maybe, you know, social distancing and, and staying inside or something, but it doesn't make any sense. Does it? That the flu just goes away for a year and a half. It's bizarre.
0: I mean, yeah, you would think it, it would still be around, but apparently, according to the World Health Organization, no, the flu doesn't even what? What's the flu? I don't know. What is that? I never heard of it before. Yeah, because the co- COVID was the whole thing that everybody was like you were saying they were freaking out about because CNN had their death ticker or whatever, yeah. and I don't know. It was just. I mean, I'm glad that people are starting to just get fed up with it, and um, I don't know well, some people.
1: You know, it's crazy because. When that was happening, I mean, I I used to listen to Alex Jones and you know all the conspiracy theorists and and all this stuff with uh, the Great Reset. I don't know how deep you want to go with any of this stuff. I you can stop me at any time. No, keep going. Well, when you think about things like the Great Reset, and um, you know people are like, well, that's conspiracy, and they're not going to shut down society and try to recreate everything. And then all of a sudden, you got Trudeau up in Canada, my governor Cuomo they build back better, great reset. Like all of, all of a sudden people are just like saying it out loud. Like, yeah, this is our chance. We're going to lock everyone down and we're going to completely change society because of global warming or whatever. You know, they're just coming up with ideas or reasons to do all this shit. And for people like Alex Jones, people who follow that kind of thing, you're like, oh my God, they've been predicting this for decades. Yeah. And it's happening right now. They're using this COVID thing as an excuse. You know, people are, are getting the sniffles. And so now we have to shut down society and, and recreate everything. And so for someone like me who had kind of like been following that sort of thing, I was vindicated is not the word vindicate. I mean, in, in no way am I like, yay, I was right. But right. I'm just like, this is terrifying. This is what I thought would happen. This, this is exact. And, and a lot of people are still like fine with it, which is crazy to me. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. I was just having this conversation with my wife tonight where there's a lot of people who are just like, yeah, no, they didn't do anything wrong. They made the right moves. What? <laughs> nope. Not even close. <laughs> and then there, it was. It, the nice thing is a lot of other people realize like, oh, this is scary that the government can do this and just shut down people's lives and livelihoods uh, on a whim whenever they want to. You know, the idea that there was a lot of the talk that was going on at the time was how shut down each state was. Mm-hmm. And then they'd look at cases and deaths and they were basically saying that it was the government's job to stop people from getting sick. And everyone just was just like, yeah, of course it is. I'm like, wait, 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 what? <sighs> if you're telling me that you're giving the government the responsibility of keeping people healthy from a communic- communicable disease, then we will never have liberty and freedom ever again. Because how could you think the government has anything to do with that? That's insane. That's up to you. That's, that's your choice of how you live your life and what you do.
0: Yeah, and if like before all this covid stuff was happening, if you were thinking, yeah, I hope, you know, I really want liberty and and freedom and all the stuff, it it seemed like there was some ounce of possibility that could happen. Like it's a very small chance because I mean, let's face it, like we're not going to live in this free, um, you know, 100% free society in our lifetime. Mean, that, that's just not going to happen. No. But then, with this happening, with, with all when the lockdowns are going on, the mass mandates, and, and the vaccine, and, and all those the passports or whatever, like there was people who were that I saw again, like on Twitter, were like, you know, if libertarians, like I don't know, like, do the libertarians have the power to stop this? No, because they were going along with it. Like I was saying, there were libertarians who were like, yeah, this is fine. I don't want it as bad. Like I don't want it as much as what they're doing, but they were like, yeah, you know, they were taking pictures of themselves with the mask on and, and oh i just i got abandoned him i just got my shot <laughs> yeah it was yeah your face ex- is exactly the reaction I, like, i'm like i know
1: those are not libertarians then because I, I that does not compute
0: to me yeah it, it was it was insane for sure um and, and there's people who they, they used to be libertarian and they go well if libertarians don't have any power then what's the point like what's the point oh, of don't
1: yeah they don't the government does that's the funny thing about this is the thing i always say about libertarians is um they hate the government and so they don't want to work there <laughs> and that's why libertarians will never run anything that's why you know washington dc is such a cesspool i i think they vote 97 percent democrat in dc like what does that tell you it's like well they want to yeah. They want to have a bigger government. They want to have more jobs. They want to make more money. They want more, more money coming into DC. So that's the party that you vote for to get more of that going on. You're never going to see a bunch of libertarians hanging out in DC and having uh, shindigs. They want nothing to do with those people. They don't. They don't like those people.
0: Well, if I think if libertarians were more, like you were saying, they they just need to have the power. Like if they had more power then they would want to be more like, because if like, because those are all libertarians who want to be a part of the libertarian party, but being a part of a third party, I mean, and we've seen it time and time and time again. Oh, 5% of the vote. Ooh, wow. Congratulations. Republicans or Democrats are ruling us right now. Maybe should try and right. infiltrate one of those parties. I would, right. I would say Republican. That's just my personal preference. I rather a Republican than a Democrat, but well, Democrats I mean, have become
1: authoritarians now, and, and that
0: was never well, yeah, the especially case. with all the COVID stuff for sure. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. That was that was never the case. It's so weird how things have flipped because now they're like pro-war. Yeah. Like Trump was president. He's like, we gotta bring our troops home. Why are we overseas? This is insane. And then as soon as Biden takes over, we're like fighting Russia for some reason and, and all this crazy shit. But what's crazy is that in the 60s. It was the Democrats who were anti-Vietnam. They had the question authority bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. They were not for big government. They they didn't like the FBI and the CIA. They had a problem with the deep state. And now it's just the opposite. Now they're like all on board with it. And they're like, if you question authority, you should be taken off of Twitter and YouTube. And they're they're fine with that. Like, well, yeah, but Fauci said, like, what are you doing? You're you're ruining the narrative that we're working on here. It's like, how did this flip <laughs> like this? It's so bizarre to me. This used to be about freedom and now you're all about authoritarianism.
0: Yeah. And, and again, there's libertarians who think they're, they're on, they're on Ukraine side with, with the whole Russia, Ukraine thing, which I mean, look, <laughs> like you can definitely say that. Yeah. You can definitely say that, you know, what Putin and, and the Russian regime there is, is doing in Ukraine is. You know, I mean, they're killing people. I mean, it's, 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 people are dying over there. I mean, it's not good.
1: They didn't start it, though. You know, well, that. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. What, right. Yeah, what I was gonna say is that, and I, and I know, like, recently, uh, Day Smith was on Joe Rogan Experience, and it, like, I see his videos popping up on Twitter all over the place, where it's like he was kind of explaining what was going on, and there's libertarians who were like, "No, nah, it wasn't that way. It was actually this," and the reason why NATO was expanding was because Russia. Blah, 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 I don't know. It, it it's a completely weird thing that's happening where whatever side you're on you have to oh if you're on russia's side then that means you're like pro-fascism or whatever i don't know i like i can't have i can't just take one side on something and then that makes me everything i'm everything this now like i am a complete nazi because i think putin was provoked and nato was going on his border and putin's like well i got no choice i told you i was going to do something. My red line was this and you crossed it. So guess what? Now I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. And now it's happening. Right. And yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not good. Um, Well, when you talk about libertarians, let me ask you this. Okay. I, I always
1: think like our founding fathers, the, the, the people who wrote the constitution were libertarians. I feel like that's what this country was started to be was a libertarian state. And we've slowly gotten away from that. Am I crazy to say that? Is that wrong?
0: i mean that's you definitely have an argument there for sure uh i mean but then, but then you go oh the founding fathers were libertarians well didn't they own slaves back then i mean that's that's like the first thing they'll go to well slavery was I huge know. back then so i guess libertarians believe in slavery i mean come is on. It,
1: isn't it funny how uh the u.s invented slavery like is, is that only happened yeah. in the united states of america is the only place where the slavery ever existed in the history of the world just you know just fyi okay yeah there, there's sure.
0: never white people that owned other white people or like the japanese trying to take over the chinese or whatever you know it, it never happened there's a in million years. examples there's a right. million
1: examples of it. it's right, all over the that,
0: bible there were slaves
1: all the time it was actually it wasn't even frowned upon you're like well yeah of course those people aren't slaves <laughs> like, yeah duh.
0: yeah so, um so like i guess um you like a a lot of people when they say that they became libertarian like either was the like the ron paul moment when they saw ron paul debate in the gop debates and they saw that uh confrontation there with giuliani where he was like the only one up in that stage kind of saying hey you know the reason why that we're like 9 11 happened was because america was doing this and like, hey you know and then it happened and then you know it was kind of it wasn't just oh yeah america good and everyone else bad it wasn't it wasn't that it was actually a little more nuanced to it than what everyone was thinking. Like you were saying, when you were talking about George W. Bush and you how, yeah, yeah, that sounds, yeah, let's go to Iraq. That sounds like a good plan. And yeah. then you realize, oh, wow, they were lying to us this whole time. What else They're are lying they lying to, to us, us and, about? And,
1: and, and it's funny, too, because we felt like we were threatened by Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever. It's like they don't have an air force. They don't have a yeah. Navy. I, don't, I live in Rochester, New York. I don't have to worry about <laughs> ISIS. They're not. They're not coming after me. It's fine. I mean, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. There, aren't, there aren't issues over there, but yeah. Right. It's, it's, by the way, um, it's funny how when Ron Paul was running for, for president, I think it was 2008,
0: maybe. Yeah, 08 and 12, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I remember those those uh, Republican debates. I Back then, I was into it. I was watching it. He would win every debate, and it was like hands down. Like Everyone was just like, holy shit, this guy won this debate, and they'd always play it down afterwards. They're like... Ron Paul won the debate, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So anyway, we got uh, right. this guy. It's like, it's like, wait a second. So you're saying this one politician actually understands what's going on and has the answers, but we have to dismiss him for some reason? Why? Why? Why is that? It's, it was that was a very bizarre. That really opened my eyes to things. I'm like, huh? The media won't even talk to Ron Paul. Yeah. Like the, it's, luckily he's able to get on the debate stage and get his point of view out but nowhere else can you even hear that it's not even allowed on television otherwise
0: yeah and now i think they're really trying to make that not happen because God. like you know joe biden announced he's going to be running again which i mean good luck with that he might die in the next hour or so so who knows right um so like you got robert f kennedy uh, jr i think or just rfk he's he's going to be yep. running in the on a democrat ticket which i mean He's good on some things, bad on other things, but hey, he, he seems like he's better than Joe Biden. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I, by the way, I have to say this about RFK Jr.
1: Because a lot of people like shit on him and say, oh, he's an anti-vaxxer and he's crazy. If there's one thing that you should learn from what happened for from during the pandemic is that Big Pharma is not to be trusted. They yeah. have proven, they have proven that Okay, have they created medicine and and things that have changed our lives? Yes. And for decades we have we have a better lifestyle because of the things that the pharmaceutical industry has created. But do we need to keep these people in check and not let them just fucking do whatever they want because RFK is junior is completely correct about the the vaccines and the fact that like as soon as you get this this approval, you can't be sued anymore. You hmm. have immunity from that. You can cause a ton of harm, and there's no risk to big pharma. And there's a reason why. And I'm I'm upset that we're one of two countries in the world that allows pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals to advertise on television. It's just oh, awesome, yeah. New Zealand. Hmm. And uh, there's a reason why every advertisement during news programming is for some type of crazy drug that you have to take for the rest of your life. It's never mm-hmm. just like, Hey, aspirin, take it when you need it. Everything is like, do you have this and this and this we'll get on this thing. And then you'll be hooked on it and you might down the road need it to take this thing on that thing. And then there's another thing too. that will supplement those things that will stop the other thing from it. Ha- it's like, and I know obviously we're the most prescribed country in the world. There's a reason for that. It's not healthy. It's not good.
0: Yeah, and then side effects include, you know, your ass might start hurting and you have upset stomach and runny nose and all this stuff. It's like, wait, all I wanted to do was to clear a headache, and now I'm getting all these 15, 20 different side effects. What the hell? My favorite disclaimer on those
1: ads. Is that they'll be like, don't take blah 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 if you're allergic to it. Like, why? Well, I, I don't know. How do I know if I'm allergic to it? They're like, you're acting like it's my fault that I took your drug and had an allergic reaction. I gotta to do it? some research. Damn it. <laughs> how, the fuck, how the fuck do you know if you're allergic to it unless you take it?
0: Anyway. Yeah, because if you take it and you're allergic to it, you might die. Yeah, you might die.
1: Done. And then they're like, why'd you take it? You're allergic to it. I didn't know. It's brand new. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway.
0: And, you know, like speaking of the the vaccine and whatever, like with operation warp speed, like that was the whole point of it was to get this vaccine out for COVID right. when the normal time frame of when a vaccine is first introduced to like trials or, or when they're first doing it or whatever to when they take that on public, public is like, I don't know, five, 10 years, whatever. It's a, it's a long time where sometimes nice. that can feel like it's too long, but the fact that it was just. I mean warp speed that that's the whole point. We got to get this out as fast as possible and Donald Trump's like I I got that vaccine out so fast and he's he's bragging about it and even some of his own fans are like no no don't don't talk about that stop it.
1: Well the scariest thing is there's two things here. First off I used to be in marketing. The word vaccine is a marketing term now cuz it's not a vaccine. Like like it doesn't make you immune it doesn't stop you from getting it or spreading it. It's not a vaccine. They use the word vaccine, so you're like, oh, you, you don't believe in, in this uh, Pfizer medication? You must be an anti-vaxxer. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not an anti-vaxxer. The it does it's not a vaccine and it doesn't work. And by their own research, it, it obviously does not work. So it's like they're 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 moving the goalposts on us and acting like we're the crazy people who don't want to get this um experimental drug pumped into us to see uh if it works or not. And I forgot what my second point was going to be, but uh, ma- mainly though is that, yeah, if it actually worked and it did what it was supposed to do, I think all of us would have been, Oh, that was the other point I was going to make. I think all of us would have been fine with it. If it, did what it was going to do, but because they forced it on people, cause you were going to lose your job. If you didn't yeah. get it. I think the strategy there was to eliminate a control group because I used to be very involved in clinical studies as a, a marketing professional. I worked with a lot of companies that did that. And I understand how science works. Like a clinical study is very important. You have to have a group of people, uh, two groups of people. So you have to understand the difference between taking the drug and not taking the drug and statistically figure out what that means. And by forcing everyone to take these vaccines, there's no control group. So it's like, well, okay, I mean, cardiac arrest is up, but that could be anything. We don't know, you know, because there isn't a control group. You can't just be like, all right, but what about men? 20 to 29 who didn't take the vaccine versus 2029 who did. Like that's not a thing, doesn't exist. Mm. We don't have that data. We can't analyze that. That's that's not purpose.
0: it's like when Joe Rogan was talking about how he didn't get vaccinated, he took ivermectin, and people were saying, Oh, you're taking a horse dewormer because they're trying to they're trying to like disprove him or make him seem some crazy person, whatever. You know, he's still, you know, running around, doing whatever he did. Never got vaccinated. So clearly it doesn't work for everybody. I mean, okay, if you're an older person from like 65 and up, then, yeah, maybe maybe consider taking the vaccine. If that's if you feel like that's your only hope to survive this thing, then, yeah, by all means, do it. But then when they're trying to do it to young children, babies, even like, come on. No, no. That was not that, well. That,
1: I mean, it's it just yeah, why well, I mean it wasn't tested. It'd, it'd be fine if it was tested and it was safe, but it, it wasn't, and yeah, they were just trying to force it on everyone. That Joe Rogan thing is, is very interesting. Remember when he had the CNN physician on Sanjay uh, Gupta? Gupta is yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh he, he had him on and he just fucking annihilated him mm-hmm. because you know he this guy comes on and he's science and he understands he's the medical community, he understands everything. And Joe's like, why is your network saying I'm taking horse to People taking ivermectin for decades. It, it won a Nobel Prize. It's, it's a very important medicine that people take. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. He's like, well, there's like 50,000 examples of people on CNN saying I'm taking uh, horse to and that's misleading. And he, and he goes, and by the way, my doctor prescribed this to me. Don't doctors have the right to prescribe drugs to their patients that they think will help them? And the other thing with Joe Rogan that I I loved during this entire pandemic is he was the only person when everyone was just like, shut down in your house, eat potato chips on the couch and watch Netflix. The only way we're going to survive this. Joe Rogan was like, no, go outside, work out, exercise, pump iron, go for a jog, get some vitamin D. These are the things that will help your immune system. And I do think that it might be. Something to, I mean, we're getting kicked off of whatever platform you're on. It would have something to do with the vaccines, but I think just like people being lumps of shit for so long fucked up everyone's immune system. And so mm-hmm. now people are getting even more sick than, and especially children, which is terrible. But I think a lot of people are getting a lot more sick than they would have because they were just avoiding germs and bacteria for so long. It's like, that's not the way that the world works. That's not healthy. You can't be the boy in the bubble forever. Eventually, you got to take the bubble off and then. What's going to happen?
0: Yeah, and and the fact that he was saying that, not just straight up, just take the vaccine and kind of just regurgitating the talking points of of the pharmaceutical companies. And and also the fact that his podcast is getting way more viewers than anyone on CNN and MSNBC and and Fox News, probably combined, you know? And, you know, like with with, with, uh, just recently Tucker Carlson being – Whatever happened there, whatever he was fired, whatever the circumstances behind him leaving Fox News and Don Lemon leaving CNN, I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, Don Lemon, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, but Tucker Carlson leaving—if he just decided that he's just going to do a podcast, a la Joe Rogan, or even goes on the Joe Rogan podcast and does a guest spot there, he's going to get more views than he ever got on his on his yeah. Channel. There was a funny
1: thing. I can't remember what I was watching, um, but I, I watch a lot of podcasts and stuff. And one of the shows was playing The View and their reaction to Tucker Carlson getting blown out. And it was so lame. They're like all applauding, they're all excited, they're singing na 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 goodbye. Wow. And it's like, do you understand Tucker Carlson doesn't need Fox News? I, how dumb yeah. are you people? You don't think Tucker Carlson could go on YouTube or Rumble tomorrow? and still have 20 million viewers or 15 million viewers, like way more people than ever would ever watch the view in a million years. Like, it's like, what do you think is getting shut down here? It's this people like Tucker Carlson, because he's the only one who's actually speaking the counter narrative on television. He's the only one, even on Fox. He was the only person who was saying things about January six and, you know, I could go on and on myriad of things. Um, That was, that was counter to the bullshit that's been proven so many times that the media is lying to us, whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop or the, you know, Russian conspiracy with Trump or the COVID vaccines. There are huge lies that have been repeated for months and years. And it's like, okay, so who trusts the media at this point? Like how dumb do you have to be? to tune in to MSNBC or read the New York times and think like, this is probably accurate. Is probably <laughs> yeah. right.
0: And it's not like the, the corporate press hasn't been doing this since the beginning of the press doing right. this. It's just the fact that yeah. social media, which is probably one of the good things about social media is the fact that this stuff is gets amplified. A lot of people see it that probably wouldn't have seen it otherwise and go, Oh yeah. Like, like you were saying the distrust of media is, is, so high that you know a a lot of the like msnbc new york times washington post whatever they're just they're trying to scram what do we do how do we how do we how can we beat joe rogan experience well you're probably not going to unless you try and maybe make a podcast i guess because nobody's going to be watching your stupid channel because everybody's out predictable you you know exactly
1: what their point of view is going to be i was just um I was listening to my buddy, uh, Drew Lane on the Drew and Mike show today, mm-hmm. and they were just talking about how and this, this is scary to me. They were laughing about it. And I'm like, well, this is actually really scary. They're talking about how the recent Joe Biden press conference, it was leaked that Joe Biden had all of the names of the reporters and oh, what yeah, their question that. was going to be. So he would call and actually pictures of them too. Cause he's so fucking stupid <laughs> that he has to see the, the photo of the guy be like, Oh, Bill, what's your question? And he already knows the answer. Like yeah. that was the whole point of a free press. That that's why the, the founding father had to get back to the constitution again. That's why we put this together was to keep our government in check. Like, all right, well, you know, we're going to investigate what you guys are up to, and we're going to call it out to the people who vote on you, uh, what you know, to determine what you're doing is, is good for us or not. And that's completely gone. We completely have the federal government and our mainstream media are in cahoots together. They, they work together a 100% to form a narrative that they tell all of us. And I don't believe any of it. I am. I'm shocked that people do. It's crazy.
0: Um. So speaking of forming a narrative, uh, your, your podcast, who are these podcasts has been around for, I think, I believe since 2017,
1: 2016, and, yeah.
0: 2016, excuse me. and, so, like from the first episode to where you are now, you've reviewed a lot of bad podcasts. There've probably been some gems in there. I'm not saying I'm not talking about the ones where it became a segment on your show. I'm talking about just it overall. Like there were some terrible, like the audio quality was bad. The host just f- couldn't talk. I mean, I'm I'm one to say because I definitely flubbed my words sometimes, and I sure did it quite a few times. I was like, you know, where I'm I'm stuttering, sure. right? So, from your beginning to now, what would you say is the mentality of of a good podcaster as opposed to a bad podcaster?
1: Oh, that's that's a great question, and I I think I could spell it out for you. I think I knew this from day one because I'm a fan of radio. I used to listen to morning radio. I used to listen to political radio, uh, sports talk radio. I was a fan of a lot of different genres of radio, and the thing about radio is. There's a lot of bad things about it, but you get professional broadcasters and a team around them of producers and programming directors who understand what's compelling and what works and what doesn't. And so what a lot of podcasters do is they think they can just like sit down and shoot the shit. There's no prep being done. They're just like, oh, I'll just have a conversation with my buddy because last night we were at the bar together and we were cracking each other up. So let's just do that. and We'll just make it a podcast. Some people can do that. Very few and far between. Some people can. Shane Gillis can do it. Not many people can do that. Joe Rogan can do it. But for the most part, what I think makes the right mentality is to say, like, I want to make a show. And when we started, who are these podcasts? My whole thought was, this is going to be a show. We're going to have segments. We're going to have stingers. We're going to have sounders. There's going to be things that remind people, like, this is a thing that we do on this show so that it's something that people are like are ready for and are tuning in for and excited about. That was the thing that I learned from the radio shows that I enjoyed is that you tune in because the whack packers on Howard Stern, and you can't wait for the next time. Eric, the actor is going to come on or Opie and Anthony doing Jocktober. It's like, Oh good. They're doing a Jocktober segment or they're talking about hoarders from last night, but there were these things that they would do that got you used to like this is how this is what they do these are like some of the recurring segments and it made it more coherent as a show and i'll tell you this i've been doing live shows for the last couple of years now we just did a live show in philly my first live show was in chicago uh almost two years ago now and one of the things i learned from watching a live audience react to the show is the response you get from drops that you play like I have a soundboard, producer Chris on my show has a soundboard and we have these drops that we play and you know a lot of them are from like South Park or or Rick and Morty or whatever. But it like works its way into the show where that becomes something that people can relate to and and latch onto and they go it's incredible to watch a live audience when you all of a sudden you hit a um you know a, a drop from South Park or something and people light up and laugh. And enjoy it because it's like, oh, this is a thing that people know about the show that we do, and it sounds corny, and a lot of people make fun of me for doing it. But having jingles and and you know, when I started, who are these socials with Blind Mike? He's a big radio fan too. One of the things we talked about was this is going to be a show that moves. We're going to have segments. We're going to move along. We're going to have stingers in between segments. Let people know. And so we developed this whole show knowing. This was going to be like a radio show. Radios has time; they have to hit the 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 breaks. They have to go into the different segments. Podcasts don't, so they can just ramble on and on and on, and no one's stopping them. I like the format of radio to say, like, okay, we have a 15 minute segment, and then we're going to go to commercial break. So we got to get all the stuff in, and we're going to do this is what we're going to talk about. these 15 minutes. I just think that's a more regimented way to approach a show. Was very long-winded. i I apologize. I was trying to say how quickly I move things along, and I was very long-winded saying that. <laughs> Whoops.
0: No, that was a good answer. Um, you know, when you start a podcast to uh, wherever it ends up, uh, however long it goes, you know, you definitely learn about yourself too. Like, oh yeah, I because I, I know for me, like, I hear myself say uh, like, you know, a lot. I hear people say like a lot, like that. The yeah. like, especially when you review a uh, podcast where. You do like a compilation of someone saying a word over and over and over again. You're just like, Oh man, like, the, how crutch, do you not... words. the yeah. crutch
1: words, the crutch words are crazy to me. And they've they've actually trained me to be a better speaker because now I listen to myself. I don't hmm. want to be that person. So I work very hard. And there are things that I say, I'm not gonna tell you what they are that when I listen back to shows when I'm editing, I go, Fuck, why do I always say that? And sometimes people pick up on them, sometimes they don't, but it does bug the shit out of me when a podcaster has crutch
0: words. I think one of my crutch words is I like to say, yeah, even if, you know, yeah. So, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I say that a lot. I probably said it a few times here. That's definitely. Mine is a, so. Oh, really?
1: I, I, I say so. And I don't even think that's a normal thing. I say, if I'm having a conversation with people, I don't think I say so anyway, like, but when I'm doing a podcast for some reason, I say it, 50 times a show and it's mm. so
0: annoying yeah it's like yeah it's, it's like you're saying it, it's like you go from normal speak to now i gotta go to a podcast speak and for whatever yeah. reason i'll say words that I don't, I don't ever say that how come i say right you know all the time or yeah or like it doesn't make any i remember uh i remember i think gavin mcginnis uh made fun of that where he was like stop saying like you're not a 10 year old girl like stop saying that somewhat some something like that he said
1: no he's right yeah exactly
0: um so i guess about the podcast that that you've reviewed is there any that when you're going to review like you do like a teaser okay i haven't actually gotten into it yet and then you get into it before you're thinking this isn't going to be good and then oh it's actually kind of good i'll actually probably listen to it again and then on the flip side one where you go oh i can't wait to get into this and you go ugh oh, this actually sucks.
1: Yeah, so there's been a couple examples of shows that I reviewed that I actually enjoyed listening to. And uh, the one that I always think about is Michael Rappaport. Mm. And I remember I had uh, Trucker Andy and his brother Joe over, and they had pulled their clips, and I had pulled my clips. And the thing with Michael Rappaport is that he has 16,000 like, sixteen thousand one star reviews or something like that. It was like this crazy number. It's like He's the only guy with this many one-star reviews. So I really dug in to find out why that was because I was fascinated by that. So I have uh, my co-hosts over and we're talking about it. And um, I enjoyed his show and I, I I threw them off because every other episode I'm going out, I'm like, this guy sucks. This is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden these guys show up thinking that's going to be that style of show. And I go, no, I actually enjoyed this show, guys. <laughs> I'll tell you why. And I'm laughing along with Rappaport and I'm, I'm having fun with it. And I asked them, I'm like, do you guys know why he has 16,000 one star reviews? And I think it was Andy who was just like, well, yeah, you know, he calls out the teams people like, and so, you know, mm. if they're not a Knicks fan, they don't like him. I'm like, nope, that has nothing to do with that. It was because he had a falling out with Barstool, and he called out uh, Dave Portnoy, mm. and people love Dave Portnoy and they love Barstool, and so he had all these stoolies come together to give him one star reviews and it was like this big thing and i had all the clips and i i had all the history behind it and i found it fascinating and very interesting and i was not expecting that to be the narrative of the show at all it wasn't until i sat down and started listening i'm like huh this show is good why why don't people like it i really started to do a deep dive research into what was going on there and then turned out i liked it a lot another another example actually is um, the dick show i mentioned that earlier so dick masters and i just did a live show with him in Philadelphia. He does a show called The Dick Show, and uh, we Vinnie Paulino came over, and we were going to make fun of his show. And uh, we, we made fun of it, but there were points, and I'm like, this guy's good. He's making mm. good points, and he's actually funny and entertaining. And it's it's cool that like there are shows we make fun of, like Who's Right and the official podcast and The Dick Show and Good Times Great Movies where we make fun of a show, and the hosts aren't butthurt about it. They're like, that's fine. I get it. I'm not perfect. And then yeah. they become friends of the show and now they're like co-hosting with me. And there's a lot of people whose shows I've reviewed and made fun of who I'm now very fr- friendly with. And, and they come on the show and co-host episodes with me. And it's great. We we do very well with that.
0: You know, uh, I think Doug from Who's Right is another one that you reviewed. And yeah. he's, he's on your show a few times. Oh, Doug's great. Um, I, I love him on my show. I,
1: I listen to Who's Right here and there. I, I check in on it. It's not for me but uh, they're killing it. They're doing really well. So I'm, I'm happy for him.
0: Yeah. And Dick Masterson that you've mentioned, um, he, he definitely has that voice that like, once you hear it, uh, yeah, that's, that's Dick. Like he has a unique voice. Like, it's oh, not, it's something you can't even get. Out there's a lot head. of
1: people who don't like it. I get it. Yeah. Whenever I have Dick on my show and I love having Dick on my show, I think he's great. But Whenever I do, I, I get a number of people are like, well, skipping this episode. I cannot listen to that <laughs> screechy high pitch, you know, whatever they, they think it is. I don't hear it. I think it's fine, but yeah, it's not for everyone.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess on, on the flip side of the, like about any podcast that you were wanting to get into and then you found out it was, oh, this is actually not as good as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was actually going to be kind of fun, but actually it's a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have high expectations ever going into these that's shows. Yeah, that's probably
0: that's probably a good thing. Yeah.
1: So, so I'm 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 having a hard time thinking of a show that I did where I thought it was going to be good and it was worse. It's usually as bad as I think it's going to be, or, or maybe and, not and, like
0: maybe not good, but just something. You know, oh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this, and then after like why? Why was I looking forward to this? This is right? A, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, well, okay, I'll I'll say this: there are shows like most of the shows that we re-, re most of the shows we review are bad. Mm-hmm. And that's because most podcasts are bad. So that's not coincidental. That's yeah. just how that works mathematically. Now there are shows that are bad, but hard to clip. Mm. And the whole point of our show is we come on and we go, all right, so here's the show. Let me play you an example. Of what I'm talking about, play a, a 15 second, 30 second clip and then explain, yeah, this is why this sucks or, and I know the context of it, <clears throat> so I can explain what it is about that clip that's not good, or why they're talking about this, or whatever. There are shows that are so bad, like I can't even clip them. Like this is just boring. <laughs> this is just so boring. And I'll, the best example I can give you, and I'm, I think this is crazy. I'm saying this is Howard Stern.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: Howard Stern his his show has gotten so bad. It's terrible. It's nothing like it used to be. I was the biggest Stern fan, and I stopped listening uh, right around the time when the lockdowns happened, I just couldn't take it anymore.
0: He's an example of that guy who just completely took the Kool-Aid of, of all that stuff. All the COVID yeah,
1: stuff. yeah, 100%. He, he wants to be locked down forever, but he's a billionaire who has people deliver all the stuff he needs to his house. That's the funny thing is that people are like, you'd be crazy to go out in public. Like, well, don't you need people to deliver food to your house? Well, yeah, yeah, I need those people. <laughs> oh, so the peasants are allowed to be out in public and... <laughs> delivering things to your house but you know not you okay i get it that makes perfect you can't actually shut down society everyone would die so that's why when the lockdowns happened i was just like how is this gonna work well there's essential workers the guy at the gas station he's an essential worker (laughs) what what doesn't even make sense anyway not the point the point is i'm uh i'm watching howard stern or listening to howard stern over the past few months, and I've been pulling some clips and I've been doing segments on him. It is unbearable. And it's not even clippable. It's so slow-moving. It's so boring. And I'll sit there and I'll listen for an hour and I'll have zero clips. And I'm like, I could have been doing anything else at this time. This was a waste <laughs> of my time. I have nothing to talk about from this. It's just terrible. I'm sorry. I'm getting a thing in my throat. Give me one second.
0: <coughs> Cut that part out. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Howard Stern. Bef- becoming from who he was to, oh, I'm I'm Mr. Outsider. I'm a, re- I'm a rebel to, no, nah, I'll be part of the thing now. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's he always name. wanted to
1: have celebrity friends. And so yeah. now he's figured out a way to do that. And he's friends with all the celebrities, and he loves it. That's what he wants to do. And so he's lost his edge. He's lost anything that anyone who's a Stern fan ever liked about him. He's just the opposite of what he used to be. He's always been a germaphobe. So the whole COVID thing is not surprising mm. that he wanted to hide in his basement because that's his thing. But when he was talking about when that first, that first went down, I got so mad. They would order food from restaurants and they would microwave salads to make sure there was no COVID on the salad. What the fuck did he was nuts. And he would talk about this like it's normal behavior when they, when they delivered all of the equipment to his house, sirius xm did so he could broadcast from home because when they first started they were doing zoom with like their laptop mics it's not like shit Mm -hmm. so they delivered all this equipment and howard didn't touch it for i think it's three days was the rule back then after three days you know the COVID didn't survive so you can now touch the stuff that came i mean none of that was true but that was science for you Mm -hmm. so howard was talking about like yeah they delivered all this equipment and we just we didn't even go near that for three days and then we set it up like okay (laughs) you're a lunatic.
0: I didn't want to touch the the material, Robin. I didn't want to touch it.
1: Yeah. That was my well, he used to he used to yell at his dad, who's now passed away. His dad lived to be ninety nine years old, but at that time, his dad read the New York Times every day, and Howard would would yell at his dad. He talked about this on air. You can't pick up the newspaper. You're gonna get COVID. You don't know where that newspaper's been. And he was we would tell his dad not to like read the newspaper. It's like, None of this is based in anything. It's not how COVID works at all. But okay.
0: So, like talking about politics, um, you've covered you, you've covered a really good p- political uh, commentator, and uh, that, that's that's John Melendez. He's a really good political commentator. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got his finger on the pulse. Like
0: like you were talking about how some people have taken what you've done and become friends, or whatever. And he's the complete opposite. Yes. Um, like not, I don't like not specifically him, but just kind of the whole, like, again, the whole history of the show, like what has, what have you learned through all of this in terms of how people have, uh, like just podcasting, like for you, the podcasting in general, um, and how podcasting has kind of grown since when you started to now. I know that's kind of a weird question because I think the John Melendez thing was just kind of me just wanting to say that. but
1: Well, okay. So what I wanted to say when you brought up John Melendez is there's people who get it and people who don't get it. And it's so shocking to me, the people who are so thin-skinned that you just go, hey, this guy, he's not the best at podcasting. And they immediately want you killed. Like, Like John Melendez was threatening to have my legs broken from the first podcast we did about his show and you know he's gonna sue me and all this stuff it's like oh dude you don't get it like you gotta like this isn't just podcast it's just life you gotta roll with the punches a little bit you gotta have a sense of humor about yourself you gotta understand that like you're not the greatest broadcaster of all time stuttering john milan i'm sorry <laughs> to tell you that i, I can't believe no one told you that before but I'm, I'm gonna let you know and when someone says that to me i was just talking about this i was just on casey armstrong's show and we were talking about misery loves company I got to go on that show this past Tuesday and for about two years, they've been making fun of me on that show. Oh yeah. Kevin Brennan, not a fan of mine, goofing on me. Chad Zumach's on that show goofing on me, but I am a fan of that show. I watch it cause it's funny and I don't care if they're making fun of me or they're making fun of Chad or they're making fun of whatever. If you're funny, you're funny. And that's like the best way to live your life is to just have a good sense of humor about yourself and enjoy things. You know, I never took it personally. They don't, Kevin Brennan doesn't know who I am. He was goofing on in a nice video I made. He didn't even understand the context of it. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I, you don't get it. That's fine. It's not for everyone. But the fact that people like Suttering John and, and some of these podcasters out there who get like so upset and so butter, like, dude, you don't understand fundamentals of life and how to just mm. get along and enjoy your life and not let things bother you so much. You'd have so much more fun if you just smiled and laughed and you can ignore things you don't want to deal with. That's fine, or you can enjoy them and enjoy them for what they are, and just have a laugh at it. But it's insane to me how personally people take some of the reviews we do. It's a, I do a roast style show. It's a roast, and if you ever watched a roast or been a part of one, some very mean, cutting things are said, and everybody laughs. That's the whole point of it. Like we're all having fun here. Relax, buddy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you've. Done it before where you've done like cringe of the week is is a segment on your show, and yeah. you've had a few cringes of the week where it was you, like you were the cringe of the week. Cause you know, oh yeah, I'd say something, someone sent this to me, and I said something stupid or whatever. So here we are, here, here it is. So let's see what it was, and yeah. Cringe
1: so you, of the week. Cringe of the week. week.
0: I also have a lot of times
1: my friends as cringe of the week, whether it's the Drew and Mike show or Dick Masterson, or there's been a number of times when I'm like, guys, I was listening to my my buddy's show or a show I enjoy. And I heard this and I play it, but it's not like, I think Dick's going to text me and be like, all right, we're done. We're not friends anymore. You know, it's like (laughs) we we all get, we're all in on the joke. It's fine. They they Dick goofs on me all the time. You know, it's it's fine. it's, It's way more fun. way more fun way to live life.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I try to work on as well. Like trying to like when to take things seriously, when to kind of be lighthearted and, It's definitely kind of it's a hard balance sometimes where oh uh, is this person actually like joking or they actually making fun of me it 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 does sometimes kind of like mesh in a way where you don't really know what is what but when you're specifically like you say you're specifically a roast show and people like you said people have seen like roasts comedy roasts where yeah the whole point unless you're norm mcdonald the whole point is to be mean yeah so mean in a funny way right right exactly right well that's
1: that's kind of one of the reasons why i mentioned at the beginning of the show and we talked a lot of politics today but i've gotten out of that like i I don't pay a lot of attention to political shows and politics because it is so serious Mm -hmm. it's so goddamn serious all the time and i'm like i don't like that i don't like being serious all the time i just want to you know you know me i'm a smile talker i like to have fun and, and laugh and joke i'm more into comedy than i am into libertarianism yeah
0: that's what i'm trying to do with this show like obviously we're kind of more of a political cultural show but we like to make fun of what's happening like we'll watch a video and mock it that's kind of yeah that's what i'm trying to do here
1: you gotta you gotta laugh at things or else you will drive yourself crazy because there's a lot of crazy bullshit going out of this world that will drive you drive you mad
0: that is definitely a fact uh so carl go ahead uh we'll end it here um, let people know where they can find your, your podcast and where they can find find you on social media and, and anything else you'd like to plug.
1: Yeah, uh, whoarethese.com is our website, and that's where all the episodes are up there and all of our videos, and also the links to like our YouTube channel, the link to our Discord server, uh, my Twitter, we have a Facebook group people created, um, so wherever you get podcasts, load who are these podcasts who are these socials the creep off um i i've been really investing in youtube lately it's probably a bad idea but i'm not edgy enough to get kicked off i don't think so um if you could subscribe on youtube we put out uh, a bunch of videos that are segments from the show that uh are are a lot of fun and uh it's it's cool to have the visual element because we do a lot of uh video reviews these days
0: Yeah, so uh, again, thanks, Carl, for coming on really do appreciate it. Um, This was a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. And um, so everyone watching and listening. Thank you. And next week, uh, our guest who is scheduled to be on is Joshua Ferguson, who was just recently on the Dr. Phil show, which if you haven't heard Dr. Phil is ending his show. So I think Josh had to be on the last season of Dr. Phil. So we'll talk about that among other things. Uh so all right, we'll go and end it and we will see you in the next one. Thanks, Shane. The 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 truck's backing up because they're hearing us. Eh, I think it's time to end this episode. And smash that like button. Yeah, smash that like Just button. Just break your computer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Bye. Okay, bye.